the most competitive guy. I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Welcome back. Another edition of King and Foster. Tom Azaway in our NRM studios here in Farmington. Welcome back. Uh, we're hanging out with you during the COVID-19 and trying to bring you as much entertainment as possible with all that news out there. And Terry, I'm coming out to you first and you could lead us off, but uh, are you seeing any hope for us here as uh, to get our lives back here pretty soon? T. Foss, you there? I think T. Foss is frozen up. Jimmy, are you alive? I'm here. I'm here. <clears throat> All right. We'll go to Terry in just a minute. He might have to hang up and, and dial back in. But I'll ask you that now, Jimmy. You took a, a chance the other day. Not a chance, but you made a decision. Look, I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going out to see my family in, in, in Dallas, and that's where you are. And you know what? You know how many times it's run through my head? I want to go see my family. But my family is in New York and New Jersey. That's like one of the worst places to go take a ride to. So at least at least you had the opportunity to, to get out of here and go see your folks. Yeah, I was fortunate. I was real fortunate. And what happened, Maz, because it wasn't like I like picked up the phone. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to jump on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a notification because I was supposed to be in Vegas this past weekend for right. an appearance. And I forgot to cancel the flight. So the airline called me and said, hey, you know, what do you want to do uh, with this flight? You want to refund or credit? And it was so simple. You know, I'm so used to flying different places all around the world. It's never been this easy. All they did was ask my name. I didn't have to verify anything. (laughs) And that was it. And and so I was like, wow, since it's that easy, let me look at the flights and see what they're looking like. So I went on online. It was 235 round trip, which is average or normal. Uh, to Dallas. So then I was like, well, this is, let me look at the one way. And the one way ticket was $17. Unreal. Unreal. So, so you're there. I had, to jump on it. I had to jump on it because it was like a, yeah. a, I don't even know what it was, but it said that it was only for like an hour. I had an hour yeah. to decide if I wanted to do it. That's why I'm here wearing the same clothes. I love it, man. <laughs> well, except for 17 bucks, even if you didn't go, who gives a damn? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For $17, I couldn't Uber to no. Detroit for $17. So I was like, no way. I'm getting on the plane. I'm out of here. And then, uh, and then you tell me that the plane is full. The plane is full. I can't understand that. The plane, the plane is full. I expected to go there and be like the only one on there, you know, just hanging out, you know, almost like a charter flight. It was full. Completely full. So what's your plans now going forward? How long are you going to stay? I'm staying until they open the country up, man. I'll be there. Good for <laughs> you. Like, if, we're, if we're on lockdown, yeah. then I'm going to spend this time. I've been away from my mom and oh. daddy for 30 years. I love that. I love that. And I, like I said, I wish I could do the same, but that's really rolling the dice for me to go to go. You know where. It is. Back home. It, they were, I, okay, you, you ready for this, mask? Yeah. They weren't happy to see me. Ah! <laughs> they, they thought you were germed, germ-infested. Exactly. When I tell you, you know what, Mass? I'm, I'm going to show you the jacket that my mother washed because she thought I was germ-infested. Yeah. And when I show you this jacket... She ruined it. Gonna be like, <laughs> she ruined it. 
killed it. She yeah, killed she my shrunk jacket. the hell out of it. She killed my jacket. That's okay. Who cares, man? Uh, did you get out to any stores know, and buy anything yet? Have you bought any new clothes? Are you out there? Not yet. Not yet. I'm. I'm not yet. I, I got a couple of days, so I. I'm gonna go to uh, like a Walmart. I gotta find a Walmart or a Target or something and <laughs> and find some clothes, find a couple pairs of shorts and shirts. <laughs> are you rock? Are you rocking the same undies? That's the question. I have three pair undies. Matter of fact, they just they just dried in the dryer, so I'm going commando right now. You can't see. I don't want to know that. <laughs> don't stand up. Jimmy King live from Dallas. We're waiting on Terry to reboot his uh, his system. We'll get him back in here, team. Again, that's King Terry's and Foster. In the basement. He is. He's down. In, he's down in his basement. So, uh, what was I going to ask you here? Well, tonight, you know, is the NFL draft, and we talked about that. And as the Lion fans, we're going to lock in. Now, were you a Cowboy guy at all, being from Dallas? I'm a Cowboy guy, but I hate admitting it because Cowboy fans get no. a bad rap. And I, I like, like to them. talk trash. I, know, I dug and them. He, I always liked them. And I was a Giants guy. But I always yeah. – how could you how could you root against Drew and Pearson and Roger Staubach? I love yeah, them. Yeah, Roger – oh, my God. Roger – I met Roger, uh, I think I was in – Third grade, and uh, got an autograph from him. Randy White, Ed Tutal Jones. Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. There was uh oh my god, dang, I can't forget his. Uh, it was a few. It was a, a lot of guys. A lot Harvey Martin. Of, yeah, Harvey Martin. Um, Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. Yeah. We used to. Um, Harvey actually stayed in Plano. How about that? <laughs> and he used to frequent this restaurant. And see, back then. Plano was real. So Plano, I think, was maybe 30,000 people. It's about a half a million people here now. It's Plano is about the size of Detroit, <laughs> just so people know. Now, where's your boy um, Ray? Not, where's Ray hanging? Ray is in Austin, which is about two and a half, three hours south. Oh, you got to hook You got to hook up with him, right? You got, you're there. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to him last night, and we, we – uh, we, we stare. He gets here. We meet in the middle, but that ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna end up in Austin, or he'll be here in in, in Dallas. I'm always tagging we'll him on. Together. I'm always tagging him on Twitter, so he keeps up with you. You notice that? Oh, of course. I always yeah, put I him up there. I, I always put him up yeah. there. Jimmy King live from Dallas. Tom Mazaway in our studios in Farmington. It's King and Foster. We're waiting on Terry to uh, reboot up, and so he can chat with us as well. All right. So where's Dad? Is he right there with you? Now, dad is at work. Okay. I was going to have him wheel in. He is an essential employee. Uh Aha. I see. I see. Yeah, he owes the the keys to uh, the community college on the west side in Plano. So, yeah, he he, uh, I just dropped him off. Me and my mother just dropped him off about two hours ago. All right. So So he's out working, giving mom and I a break. But mom yeah. is at she's at the table right now doing um doing her duty. She um she makes bags for inmates uh who aren't that? able to who aren't able to enjoy their holidays. So she does care packages and gifts for uh the inmates in, in uh throughout the state of Texas in certain prisons. All right, Mr. Through King. her Nice job, Mrs. King. Keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Tom Azaway and Jimmy well, yeah, King. Got, well, you know, she got to, she got to have a balance when, when she's done uh, riding her broomstick, killing ah! everybody. Come on now, 
Don't talk about mom that way. I know you don't no, mean try, it. No, no, I'm trying to get her to yell at me, but she, yeah. she, she's staying quiet. <laughs> yeah, she knows. She knows better. Hey, uh, Terry's got some stuff written on his sheet. I'm going to I'm gonna pretend I'm Terry. All right. The government is talking about limiting reopening of some things. Is it, su- is it too soon to talk about reopening some parts of our great states here in the United States of America? You hear from Georgia. You hear from Alabama, places like that. What's your take on that? Is it too early? When are you going to be comfortable? I don't think it's too early to start talking about it. I think the strategy needs to be set. So why leave it up to the state individually? Why don't you just have a national plan and and roll it out uh, that we think will work best? So in the next week or two weeks, um, I think that should be what we should be focusing on. And that will also give us more time to uh, allow the spike to drop and 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 people to get better and heal and and also give us time to have a plan where we could start uh, reintegrating into the system. I think I see Terry moving about now. Terry, are you back alive? I'm back. Yeah. All right, All right man. I was, I was pretending I was you. I was doing your question. Do you think it's too early to open up some of the stuff here in the United States? That's what I just asked Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. I think we have to be very cautious uh, about this thing because, um, you know, I know people are hurting now. They don't have their jobs and they've been out for three weeks. But if you come back too soon, instead of being out three or four weeks, maybe you're out three or four months and maybe exactly. we never get back. So we have to be very cautious about this whole thing and be smart. And I know that uh, Governor Cuomo was saying that he's going to check certain numbers that he's going to get from X before he starts to, um, you know, open it up again. And, Jimmy, the one thing, I don't think you can have a national plan because every state is different. Uh, Michigan doesn't have the same problems as they do in Washington and New York. And, in fact, you know, Michigan might be able to open up sooner than they thought because we are doing the right thing here. Told and now we're seeing the cases go down a little bit uh, outside of Detroit. So even in the state of Michigan, things might be different. Uh, the governor will have to look at the state of Michigan, decide what to do in Detroit, decide what to do in Grand Rapids, decide out state, and only she she would know better than President Trump because she's right in on the situation. So I think this is a case where maybe in this instance you can't have a nationwide or federal program you have to leave it all up to the states just want to open things up now yeah that makes sense because um what i was saying about a national plan i'm saying like the things uh that have been reported and cases say for instance like detroit is getting better what have they been doing uh up to this point to get them um, to reverse this. So that's what I mean by uh, having, a, uh, I guess, a template or not necessarily a guideline or a plan, but just some things that have worked uh, for them to get to this point that may work in other states. And then when they compile the information, um, that will also give us time, you know, to keep continued quarantining and then that information that we collect together i think will be easier to disseminate because it's proven now 
that this works. And then you roll that out. And then anything that may be specific to your area, you you, you use as well. Terry, I'm going to yeah, take one. Nat- Go ahead, buddy. The Nashville plan began too late. When, um, when we first knew about the coronavirus, what was the first thing Donald Trump said? It's, it's fake news. It's the Democrats coming after me. Instead of saying, okay, we may have the boogeyman coming down the road. Let's do something about it now. His first thought was they're coming after me. No, this is, we're trying to help the nation. That should have been the first national plan there. And now I think the federal government now needs to worry about getting people gowns, masks, um, the, the, the machines and stuff like that. that. They need to be on the fro- forefront and making sure everybody's got the right supplies. Yeah, it's crazy. We only have 1% of uh, of the people who've been tested, right? We, we we have a very low percentage of people who have actually I think, been I think tested. We're 3% now. 3%? I think we're 3%. But that's that's minuscule still. That's still minuscule. That's right. minuscule. But yeah, it's, yeah. And, and you're right, because the administration, because that, that's why I brought it up. Like, it seems like the common sense thing to do would have, you know, to take it seriously and and then have a, a a plan that will assist the general public instead of you know doing this fear mongering because there there's a lot of disinformation that we're getting too and then there's information um that's not really being emphasized that can help us get to the point where we want to, we all want to be so we can start, you know, moving around again. So that's why I was saying, you know, we, we, I think, you know, the, the powers that be just need to come together and, and knock it out. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's like a think tank. We do this in any other uh, small community. So we could do it on a national scale as well. I mean, everybody's sitting still right now. Everybody's on the same page. It can be done. No, no, no. Here's the thing I'm confused about. When we have rallies about opening up the government, why does it have to look like a Klan rally? <laughs> you know, you, you have all these backwards white feather flag, uh, you know, singing their little songs and everything, acting ignorant, being stupid to, to uh, hospital workers. Why has it become that? I, I just don't get that. People are bored. They're hijacking the narrative. You know, people have always hijacked causes, right? This is Correct. like the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. And then um, the gay community, you know, kind of, you know, jumped in on that. And <clears throat> it, it's just, I think people, you know, love to use their freedom of speech and they love to use the uh, the history of the freedom of speech. That's why you always see the conf- the Confederate flag and and and, the, and the, the rhetoric that they are spitting is so textbook stuff that you can read about. You know, it, it just right. seems like they regurgitate the same information, and they're scared to grow. That's why you always when. People have these ideas in, in their back of their mind, and then they have the opportunity to push themselves to the forefront or be heard. They're going to do it, especially collectively in a group. 
It's easier for them to do it that way. Because I bet you, I guarantee you that if you catch them individually, you won't see them with a flag. You won't see them saying the same things. And 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 that's a problem in itself. But, you know, I, I would feel uncomfortable going to these rallies. Even if I wanted to open the nation, I couldn't go to one of these rallies. I'd be afraid of getting my ass kicked. And, you know, these, you know, these, yeah, are, you these can still carry. Hey, you know, in Texas is open carry. So you ain't got nothing to worry okay. about. Come on to Texas. Okay. You can carry your little pistol on your side. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Thanks anyway. <laughs> Thanks anyway. I got, I, I got my peeps in Jersey and New York writing me all the time. They're like, what's wrong with you people in Michigan? It's, it's when they see, when they saw them storm the Capitol. These are the emails and texts I'm getting. What's wrong with you people? It's it's I'm it's I embarrassing. A, I got an email. I got an email from uh, uh, a guy over in uh, UK. I got one from uh, another person in France. Like they want to know what's going on. Saint Mass. They're like, what's going on? Like what is really going on? We know what we're reading, but is it true? It's sad. Yeah, it's true. I, I think the thing is, we like to think this state is so sophisticated and so forward thinking. But when you look at the history of the state of Michigan, that's not the case. Uh, this right. is the state that voted for George Wallace, it um, voted for segregationists. We had a huge busing issue here in this state. Uh, we have white people in the suburbs who used to say, I haven't been to Detroit in yeah. 50 years. I'm never going down there. Yeah. So we have had this problem for history, but we, but I like to believe that, no, not in my state. This doesn't happen here, but it just happens. All the, 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 the bombings in Oklahoma, uh, they, they were from Michigan. Oh. So, I mean, we got a problem here. <clears throat> Go back yeah, to 68. Go back to 68 for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is like Mississippi North up here, man. <laughs> Pretty sad. We got, to, we, we got we got to figure something out. Hey Terry, you got you've got your you've, you've got your, your boy going to school coming up here in college. Am I correct? He's ready to go to uh, Western Michigan, right? But are you going to let him go virtually? There change. He has since been accepted at Michigan State. Wow. So he, yeah, I know he wants to go there. But here's what I'm thinking is that. As a dad, get out of here. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking as a dad. If they're going to be online, why send him to Michigan State for the first semester at least? We have a fine community college where he can get some of his electives out of the way. I'm thinking of sending him to Oakland Community College, keeping his butt at home, let him have a job, saving on that dorm, and let him start in the winter. Because so, he won't get the true meaning of going to school anyway. Right. right. To me – College was was fun from the standpoint uh, I learned to be on my own. It was important to be around kids your own age and everything. I learned from that. And my total college experience wasn't just about going to class and studying. There was so much more to that. And I think he's going to be missing that anyway. So why not say some? let him go in the, in the winter and enjoy that. Go ahead, Jimmy. I agree. I agree. Um, however, I'm in the same situation. Well, not really, because my 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 daughter is a sophomore. She's just finishing up her sophomore year, so she's used to her independence somewhat. 
so her going through this is driving her crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> she wants to get back to what you just said, you know, the atmosphere. Um, being able to make your own decisions, I think, is just the main thing for her. You know, being at home, you know, with her mom is driving her crazy a little bit because of she's used to making her own decisions, you know, <clears throat> being independent and having some freedom. So for her, uh, it will it, be difficult for her to accept not going back to school, uh, not being in the environment. For her, I think just even being in her dorm room by herself without going to class, she will take that. I believe I think that. once you leave, you can't come back. That's pretty much that because home is never the same once you leave. Right. You still love yeah. mom and dad. You still love your brother and sister, but it's just you can't live under rules anymore because you Correct. feel like you're in a so I can understand her angst. What I want to know, Terry, is what happened to Little B. He was going to Western because they had the best cafeteria. Well, does Michigan State have a better cafeteria than Western? Nah, he's he's always been a Spartan. He's he's been brainwashed by my wife, my brother in law, his Sad. sisters, his aunts and uncles. They're all Spartans. And if he could get in, that's where he wanted to go to school. So they came in late, but they accepted him, so that's where he wants to go. So I'd rather have him have him go to Michigan State than Western Michigan. I'm sure state has fine cafeterias too, but that's just in his dream school. So he'll be closer to you. Hey, well, hey, look, we know no, we know what the deal up. is. He just like UT. We know what the deal is. He just like UT. He went up there what? for the girl. <laughs> that's that's he true. He went up to Sparty. Yeah, see, he went up there for the girls. Well, I didn't go to Michigan State for your information, but <laughs> you know that that is the selling point of MSU. The women are <laughs> better than any other school in the state of Michigan. <laughs> oh yeah, sure indeed. Oh yeah, sure indeed. I could give state that title. Yeah, Madge, you got somebody else better in the state of Michigan? Not, not that I know of, man. But I, you know, I, I'll I'll go with your word. I think I think I could fall in line there. I I get it. Party Central. I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> now Michigan has upgraded over the last few years, <laughs> but they still lag behind Michigan State. It used to be brutal when I covered the Michigan football team. <laughs> now, all, all the women on campus look like linebackers. And then at the end of it, I said, well, they're looking a little bit better now. What's going on here? So they've upgraded at the University of Michigan. <laughs> hey, you man. You didn't the Wolverine, did you? <clears throat> huh? I swear Be to honest. God, man. I swear to God. We we used to be like, hey, what's going on here? We're like, we we got to get on the administration administrative board because uh admissions board because uh yeah it's 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 a stark difference between our campuses going on here <laughs> hey jimmy what was the best what was the best uh chick campus in uh, the big 10 let me dumb it down what was the best best looking girls in the big 10 where are they oh back in Ooh, your day at least uh i would say michigan state hey um, Michigan State. How about Michigan that? State, and if I pick a second one, maybe, maybe Penn State. <laughs> and they came late. Well, so, I know you hate them, but I was, I was going to go Ohio State at number two. 
Ohio State. Uh, but see, I never, I haven't. Aren't you heard, out? I just haven't seen. I've heard. I haven't. I haven't spent time in Columbus. Yeah, I know what happened. No, you guys, when you guys played down there, they wouldn't let you out the hotel room for fear that you're gonna get beat up. We went from straight from the airport to the hotel to from the hotel to the arena, and after the game, right back on the plane, out of there. Hey Terry, you got you got two minutes, Terry. So uh, hit Jimmy up with something for the next two minutes. It's all you. All right, James. Hey, I I got something. Uh, When I was a uh, young sports writer, I went to Detroit Pershing to do a story on a senior guard, and so this yeah I did a story on this guy, and I saw this freshman play, and I asked, "Who's this guy? This guy can really play." And Johnny Golston was the coach there. He said, "Ah, this kid's not going to mount to anything. He's got an attitude problem." You know who that kid was, the freshman? Who? Steve Smith. Oh. Smitty, not right. The yeah. He was Steve the gun. Smith. But he was doing that hesitation move on the baseline and stuff. That's the man. This dude can really play. And then. Yeah, we call it the Smitty. We still call it the Smitty. Everybody knew that yeah. move, and you couldn't stop it. <laughs> right. Who was the toughest guy that you ever had to guard in high school? 30 seconds, Jimmy. Ooh, toughest guy in high school, uh, Greg Ostertag, because he was seven foot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Hey, guys, have a great time, man. Hey, stay healthy. Stay healthy, fellas. All right, we'll and chat they, again. They like, they, they boxed in one me and everything. All right. Hey, stay well, man. Enjoy home, Jimmy and Terry. Stay healthy. It's Tom Mazaway in our studios. King and Foster here on NRM Streamcast. We'll talk to you again.